Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the world's most consistent podcast in being inconsistent. It's the Pace of Power Hour, back here to give you quality football knowledge every eight weeks, apparently. <laughs> and today I'm joined by my esteemed co-host. Please introduce yourself. Hey, yo, you already know who it is. It's S to the U. And I'm going to switch it up because Ave roasted me last week for saying Tengas for in the pod. For who knows the most for. But yeah, I'm just I'm just here. I'm just, I'm just going to keep it chill this week. And yeah, we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm so glad it took UK you to like learn humility because <laughs> this whole greatest man on earth. No, I'm still, it's still S to the earth. U. It's still S to the U, a.k.a. the GO, a.k.a. the Tengas for in the pod. But this week for... For time's sake, we need to switch up. We're both Christians and pride is a sin, man. So, you know, <laughs> we, we all know who's getting to heaven. And it's not Uka. I'm joking. Go off a bit, go off a bit, go off a bit. But yeah, as Uka said, it's a bit of a time constraint on this one. It's currently 12 o'clock. I have a 9 a.m. that I do not want to go to at all. Actually, I've been to approximately 1 9 a.m. this whole semester. So, yes, let's get this on the road. I'm going to start off at home because... In our hearts, our home is the Emirates. Our home is North London. Mm. And the Gunners are back on top. They are currently two points ahead from Man City. And they give Nottingham Forest. Remember, European, Euro, European Cup of the Cup. Nottingham Forest, yeah? <laughs> a 5-0 whooping. Jesse Lingard, eat that, you prick. Oh my God, do I hate you so much. Jesse Lingard, you want to come on the podcast, you can't. We don't want you here. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> hey, okay. Yo. Okay, yes. Highlights from the game, you can't. What was your favourite highlight from the game? I know my personally. Let's see if it, let's see if it matches. Let's hear yours. Um, my highlight of the game is, is Reese Nelson. What the hell was that That's about? <laughs> what the Bro. hell was that about? Bro, what, do it easy. When Saka went off, I was like, yo... These men are just going to sit back. Mm-hmm. The Northern Forest are going to get like this boost. And I just see, I just see this guy, Reese. I'm like, okay, what's happening here? What's happening here? Sat two men on the floor. Obviously, he missed the first shot. And then sent the second shot. Top bins. Runs out. Kisses the badge. That's what it means to him. I was so happy for him. I'm not sure about you, but like, me, me, I get onto Reese a lot. Because sometimes I feel like, He's lackluster, like he doesn't to try, but like, I can see that it meant something to him. And according to the sources, he's been training hard in the media, he didn't want to go out alone, he wanted to run down his contract, so he wanted to fight for his place, so I'm glad he was able to make up for it. But uh, apart from like Reese, yeah, like the Saka injury, how are you feeling about that? Because a lot of people are saying that Saka of recent has been a target for a lot of Premier League clubs because he's being kicked around mm. he's getting double triple teamed refs are protecting him how do you feel about it because again he's a young kid he's played like a hundred Premier League games like it could get serious how do you feel about Saka and like the controversy surrounding him um I feel like as fans nowadays I'm gonna sound like such a Brexit dad but we're getting a bit soft like let's, let's not lie yes Saka does get kicked he does get triple teamed but a foul is a foul, and every time Saka gets fouled, the referee blows the whistle. You know what I mean? There's only so much a ref could do. Uh, under the way he plays, does invite defenders uh, to tackle him because he does like to take on. He does like to dribble people. He does like to um, receive the ball in areas where there's a lot of players surrounding him. That's why you always see the pictures of Saka with like three or four players surrounding him. So in reality, I I believe that the injury was gonna come. I remember the start of the season, I was telling my friends, Fraser and Kean, just wait till Saka gets injured this season. I think he's Arteta's most used player since uh, yeah, yeah. since Arteta actually signed for the club. Yeah. But 
um, is Nelson the answer? I don't think so. I, Nottingham Forest, they have looked poor this season, although they did beat Liverpool, they did get packed 5-0 by us and 6-0 by Man City as well. So, and they're they're currently in the rele- in in and around the relegation zone as well. So, um, back to Nelson. Is Nelson the answer? I do not think so, but hopefully the Saka injury isn't too bad because I do not want to see him miss the World Cup. Yeah, 100%. You know, it'd be a real shame... If you know England get far in this World Cup and Saka was a part of it because he was the main reason why they got so far in the Euros, and I think he just has a chance to redeem himself after the shambles that was. Mm. Um, quickly on Risto, hopefully this has like now shone light on him, and Arteta can now look to him to come off the bench or even start smaller games. You know, the Europa League right now, yeah, is looking very tasty. It's practically in the Champions League two point oh. You have Bayer Leverkusen. Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Bro, all these guys have I, dropped. I hate to break it to you, Atletico Madrid, they're out of Europe. They lost today and now they're out completely. Oh, oh. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh, bro. oh my God. Just damn, damn, damn. When is when's Simeone going to get the sack? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But yeah, either way, either way, the Europa League is looking more competitive and uh, it, may come, it may come a time where we have to choose between the Europa League and the league. So having like decent depth options is something good. Is there anybody else that had a stand-up performance? Was there any other stand-up moments in the game for you? Um, when I think back at it, Odizi, like he's been getting yeah, a lot. He's he's been getting not hate this season, but people are like, I don't understand the role. He's very replaceable, etc., etc. And like you said a couple of podcasts before, like pick a side. Is it is it goals and assists that you want, or is it creative, fluid attacking chance creation that you want? And Odegaard this season he's bringing both but people are yeah. people people seem to pick and choose when they want to apply goals and assists and when they want to apply uh his usefulness to the team but that goal because Odegaard he's when it comes to finishing he's not the best I remember him uh missing a, a guilt edge chance against Leeds and a guilt edge chance against I think it was Manchester United as well but the way he finished this one, top left, on his left foot, weaved in and out of two players, that's the wonder kid that people were seeing uh, that Real Madrid picked up at 16. You know what I'm saying? But uh, he's only 23. He's still got a long way to go in his career. But, but he's flourishing. He's absolutely flourishing this season. And, and I love to see it for him because that... Uh, people say he's not captain material, but he does lead by example. Yeah, example by by yeah. the way he plays. Not by the way he acts. Not by the way he claps his hands and screams at people. But by the way he presses. He drops deep to help Shaq and party. This guy's always on the move looking for... He's, he never shies away from receiving the ball. And that, that's something that has been excellent. But let's not get too carried away because it was not an Forest and you, you know what they're like this season. No, bro, 100%. Um, I kind of find it completely insane that people are, like, getting onto Odegaard this season. Odegaard's been an absolute revelation this season. And I'm going to say something. When it comes to feet, it's, I think people don't understand how good Odegaard is with the ball at his feet. Because, not to sound like a prick, yeah, but, like, I think sometimes people just see this white guy, yeah, you know, his haircut, and he's just doing, he's just doing these, you know, little movements. No! This guy has feet. Some of the goals inside the box is getting scored because his feet are just dancing, yeah? yeah. It's nuts. It's because he's not Brazilian. If he was Brazilian, you'd be giving him respect. Let's not cap. Let's not cap. He's the only player, he's the only Arsenal player to have five star skills on FIFA. <laughs> Pepe doesn't even have five star skills on FIFA. Tee up, man. Nah, that's brilliant. The 
only other thing I'd like to discuss with you, Ukayet, is our boy up top. Jesus has been incredible this season, yep. but unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to find a back of the net, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Anytime I watch him, right, he gets himself in good goal-scoring positions, he positions his body well, like, you can see by watching him, he knows what to do, he knows how to position, he knows how to finish, but it's not coming off for him. The brilliant thing about him, though, is he hasn't let that stop his overall game, and he's assisting, his link-up plays good, his interchange. There's even one point, yeah, where he's tracked all the way back to make a tackle. I'm like, what are you doing on our touchline? Make it make sense. Mm-hmm. So there was a brilliant player, but what, what, like, do you think he will find his goal-scoring form? Because he has five goals already. Yeah, so you know, no, yeah. Um, the thing with Jesus is, his goal scoring is not going to be a problem until we stop scoring goals. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, it's kind of like when we needed Lacazette to step up the most, he did not step up. But right now, uh, right now, I'm not worried about Jesus' goal scoring. He did get two assists. And apart from the chances that he should have finished, I'm not going to lie against Nottingham Forest, he should have at least had two goals. I remember there was one time he was one-on-one with Dean Henderson and he takes yeah. the ball, he shifts the ball from his left foot to his right-hand side and then the defender intercepts it at the last minute. Um... Stuff like that, I could tell he's not a natural finisher, and I don't think he ever has been. I think that's why Pep sometimes deployed him on the wing because of his defensive prowess that that you've mentioned that that we've seen plenty, plenty, plenty times uh, for Arsenal. Um, just going back to the game against Nottingham Forest, most shots on target. He created four chances. He had three tackles, six duels won. He had the most shots and most touches in the opposition box. He is getting busy in and around there. And I'll, I, I, in, I, in my opinion, it's only a matter of time before one of those chances gets put away. And I, to be honest, I'm not worried because he's even if he's not scoring, he's providing intensity and he is providing assists as well. He got two in this game as well. So I'm not really worried about Jesus, but I do understand people's concerns about the goal scoring because in a big game, when you, own, when you can only get that two or three chances the whole game, I don't trust Jesus like I trusted Aubameyang. Even Lacazette. I thought Lacazette is a better finisher than Jesus as well. But it's not a problem until we're not scoring. Yeah, I'll do this, yeah. I think his pros at the moment are definitely outweighing his cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. That was Arsenal. We're excited as Arsenal fans. We're gassed as Arsenal fans. And it's kind of gutting that, you know, though it's a World Cup here, it's kind of gutting that we're kind of missing part of the season due to this poorly corruption-planned World <laughs> Cup. But, yeah. Yeah, we're just salty that Nigeria aren't playing in it. Don't get it. That's just, that's just it. But I'm Brazilian. For this, for the month of December, I'm Brazilian. So that actually, sorry, I'm, I'm Argentinian. I'm Argentinian. For the month of December, I'm Argentinian. Right, okay, let us move on to the next big Premier League fixture. And that is going to be Chelsea versus Brighton. Do it is, right? This fixture, yeah, is like... Your ex seeing you at your bummiest moment, <laughs> like like you you're walking past your ex and you fall over in front of her, like you trip on your laces, or like or like or like she's she like you've like spilt food on your shirt and she's walked past you. That's what this is like because Graham Potter's Chelsea lost his former side four one. Right, what's happening here, Uka? Because we we have a lot of faith in Graham Potter. But his results seem to be a bit flip-floppy. So what do you think is going on? Um, respectfully, what what is he doing putting Pulisic and Sterling as his wing back as his wing backs? And yeah, that- it, it's 
Interesting tactics. Interesting tactics. Yeah, interesting. It's interesting tactics. You're playing a midfield with no defensive prowess. I know Kante's been out, but Jorginho's there. That's someone who can retain the ball. You didn't play him. You played Kovacic and Gallagher, two, two I would say, attack-minded uh, midfielders. I know Kovacic does does both of the jobs, even Gallagher, but there's no physical depre- defensive prowess there to, to stop Brighton's attacks. And up top, there's just no creativity, no finishing ability, and it's just looking all over the place. And for Chelsea, who people usually praise for their defensive prowess, you're letting Brighton stick four past you. I know two were own goals, but it could have been more than four because in the first five minutes alone, Brighton, I think, had three or four shots that should have went in. It, it took it took them five minutes for Trossard to find the lead, but before then, it should have at least been 2-0. So yeah, in terms of... Graham Potter at Chelsea, I'm not really too worried about them. I think this just, uh, it's, a, it's a bad result that, that you know, it, it, it happens to the best of us. And, and Brighton, they have, they're pretty much the same team they have been before, but with a new manager. De Zerbi likes to play the same formation and same style that Potter did at Brighton. But, at the, like, I, I just don't understand Potter's tactics deploying wingers as wing backs. Not even Tuchel did that. I know Tuchel had the luxury of having Reese James and sometimes Chilwell when he was fit and other players that could play wing backs there. But I think it's time for him to experiment. I think it's time for him to switch it up. You've got Sterling there. I know he's not a creator, but he's there to get at the end of chances. You've got Ziek, a, a player who can create chances. And you've got Havertz, a player that could do a bit of both. You know what I mean? I think it's time to rejuvenate the attack and stop, stop deploying these wingers as 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 other positions because you've got a lot of talent you you've gave Tuchel a lot of money you spent a lot of money it might not be the money that you want to spend but you've got these big players you've got these big names and players that have been that have excelled at other clubs it's just gelling them together and make finding a system that can fit everyone mm-hmm. 100% 100% um, yeah this great part of size not looking the best and you're right Pulisic and Raheem Sterling as uh, wingers is nuts to me but look Last season, I got on. You kind of got on to my case saying, give her a time, I see something. Both me and you can see something in Graham Potter, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like the boy's been shoved into a crap situation. The owner is American. He wants to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, it's 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 a it's a it's a horrend, it's a horrendous situation to be put into. But I think accountability he needs to take at this moment in time because. Uh, Raheem Sterling at wing back is, is, is hilarious to me. That is funny. Pulisic has been not good for a long time. And playing him at wing back is interesting. And, like, it's so weird to say this right now since, like, it's the new age of football. But Reese James, our right back, uh, he, like, the club miss him so, so much. Yeah. So, so much. I love just the club. England going to miss him so, so much since he'll be missing out on this. Uh, the people saw this World Cup, um, but yeah, a few interesting changes he's made. Kepa's now back in the side more frequently, and people are now convinced that Kepa's a better shot stopper than Mendy. He is, he, um, had, he is, he is. Uh, yeah, um, which is like, which, which, which I'm like, oh, but by, by how much? By how much? By how much? I think they're both trash. I think they're both equally as trash as each other. I won't cap. I won't cap to you. I think what's happened is Kepa's had more rest time, so he's just used all his energy reserves on those on those free saves he made last game, man. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, Chelsea at the moment in time not the greatest. But we're gonna move on swiftly because nobody cares about Chelsea. 
mm-hmm. quite um, mid. What we're going to talk about though is how trash Liverpool are. Um, today's a Tuesday, and I watched Liverpool scrape I would against Napoli. One of the worst games I've watched in my life. Liverpool are absolute trash. Then George and Messi was tearing up Trent Alexander Arnold, Lucas <laughs> Idol, Lucas Idol, and they Respect lost. Me. They lost two one to Leeds at home. Like, like Uke, like, like, like this is this is your this is your second favorite team, Uke. What's happening? The, here, bro? The, this, this, this is not my second favorite team. Uke, 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 This is Uke, 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 Stop, Uke, 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 the midfield, yes, I know we've said it year in, year out. They need an extra man. They not not just an extra man, they need at least three extra man. Because Henderson, not good enough. Milner, not good enough. James, not good enough. And I know all three of them came on in the second half, which is crazy to me. And for for a team that were challenging for Premier Leagues, how Klopp had them three players in the squad challenging for a Premier League. You know what? Let's clap for Klopp. Because because these player these players that he has is just clearly it's just clearly 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 not good enough. And another thing about Liverpool this season, after beating City, you think they'd garner you think they'd garner some momentum, but no, they went and lost to Jesse March's lead side, who yes, uh, have had amazing amazing underlying numbers this season, but the execution wasn't there. You saw against Arsenal, they missed Gil as chances. So I know we're 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 like stat heavy, and we say the under underlying numbers do eventually come to fruition but this wasn't even underlying numbers uh, a misplaced back pass from joe gomez to allison a, a little miscommunication van dyke caught sleeping didn't watch his man uh for the tapping i think the the team mentality i think right now was just not in the right place because van dyke he's lost his aura people are saying trent has been poor all season even gomez that people are hailing is now making individual mistakes that yeah. that, that we're not used to seeing you know what I mean? And the last goal as well was just shocking. It's just shocking letting Somerville get in behind you like that in the 89th minute where your concentration should be at an all-time high. I know you want to go chase a winner, but you still don't want to concede as well. So I think Klopp has got a big mountain to climb with for this Liverpool team. And if and if he and if FSG do not supply him funds, I do not see a reason for him to stay there because you literally cannot compete with City unless you have money. And FSG, what did they give him? Arthur Mello? I know they want to show him any in the summer. But if the the drop off in quality from Shuameni to Artemelo is ridiculous, there should there should be someone there should be a middleman there should be a middleman there someone like Zielinski. But there's a clear quality difference from from what Klopp wants and what FSG are giving him. So that's what I have to say. Liverpool bad. It's just a mess at the moment. This it is a mess. Are you right? This uh, Jesse March side has been absolutely atrocious. And Liverpool yet still lost. Um. We gave Klopp a few minutes ago a clap for winning a league title in the Premier League with that midfield. And again, my whole thing of Klopp is it's, it's very much a system-based size. And I think what he had in that midfield were just runners. Right? When I look at Liverpool's midfield, they don't do anything on the ball at like attack attacking-wise. I think like Liverpool's midfield is meant to press. And it's just a long pass afterwards. That's all I see from them. And if you've been pressing in a gagging press for the last two, three years, and you're like, you're, you're in your late 20s, it's going to catch up with you. Yeah, and well. you're right. I've, 
Yeah, I think they need to hit a factory set. I'm not sure about you, but that midfield just needs to be like wiped. Yeah. Like cleaned. Cleaned. And also Mane, like look, I know you guys splash big cash to like keep Salah around. You guys you guys should treat Mane the exact same way. Bro, oh my god. They do not look the same without this man. I'll, I'll no, but, th- but that's what I'm saying with FSG. FSG were not going to supply Klopp with enough money to keep both of them. They had to sacrifice one of the big three, one of the Firmino, one of the Sal- one of the Salahs, or one of the Manis. And unfortunately, Manis' contract was coming up soon enough, so they just decided to let him go for free. But see, this is see this is just bad management itself, right? How much do you spend on Darwin Nunes? I don't know. I think it's 100 million euros. I don't know how much that is in pounds. Do it's you, like 85-something million pounds. Do you, do you know what yeah? With with correct with, like with correct like correct analysis and correct stats, you could have probably found a player similar similar to him. Like for example, how much did Isa cost um, Newcastle? Sixty mil. You you literally you literally could have kept Isaac and then used some of that money to, like, to invest give, somewhere else. To, yeah, invest somewhere else, or even give money a new contract. Like this, my my whole thing with football finances is like. I don't think they're creative enough, or I think the people who are doing it are still very old-headed, and they really get to my nerves. But yeah, that's an issue. The Joe Gomez thing is interesting, you know. Before, like before his injury, I generally thought he was the best centre back England had. Like, like no better than John Stones, better than Maguire. I just looked at this because like this kid's brazy, and now this guy is just turning into Mustafi. I don't know what's happening here. It's getting, it's getting interesting. Van Dijk's already defending. I know it's a joke, but it's like it's on and off now. Sometimes you see him putting really good performances. Other times it seems like he's lackluster. This Liverpool side just seems like I don't know. Like I kind of feel bad now because like it almost feels like all of Klopp's hard work is just for nothing now because Pep's 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 kept his machine refined and going, and Klopp's like Klopp's machine is breaking down. I mean, right. I think the only way to like solve it is if FSG put the cash in. So, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. But um, all you Liverpool fans, I don't think Bellingham's coming this summer, man. I don't yeah. Think he's this summer, uh, another thing to touch on Liverpool, Nunes yeah. missing big chances. People want to laugh at Gabriel Jesus for missing big chances. Nunes had two clear chances that game that that could have won Liverpool the game, but unfortunately, he decided to sign this bum from Benfica. No, no offense. Okay. 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 I've, okay. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Do, do you see? What Klopp sees in this? I do, but at the yeah. same time, the only player I've seen become a deadly finisher overnight is Vinicius Jr. I cannot name someone who who just flipped a switch and stayed consistently. Flipped a switch. Because Nunes has everything you want in a striker. He's big, uh, he's aggressive, I'm a, I'm a, I'm he a, runs a, the channels, he can hold up, but in front of goal... I don't know what happens. I don't think he has the composure to for for a top four side. Yeah, um, yeah. I agree. I've been like watching a few compilations of this guy, right? And I don't think the prem tempo is too high for him. I don't think he's a bad runner. He's actually quite quick. I think his understanding of the game isn't too bad. You're right, though. It's like instinctive finish isn't there, and like. He was not. He's not actually a strike. He was actually a striker. He was actually a winger before they put him in, in the in the middle of the park. You know. So again, you may be right. You know, 
Felicity Junior is a really good example. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen somebody just improve their finishing like that over a short period of time. Over a long period of time, do I think it will happen? I'm not too sure. But another question for you, yeah? Do you think this is the way for strikers, right? Do you think we're going to have these big brutes mm-hmm. just there to bu- just there to bully centre backs, right? Because you've got Haaland, you've got Nunes, you've got Vlaovic, you've got Isak. Is that is that the way? Even 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 Gakpo, even Rafael Leal, it's not the way. Are we going to? Are we gonna, it's not like nimble players. It's going to be big brutes banging into players. It's just the new style. Because I'm all, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for um, it. I think currently, I think football goes through waves. We've seen like the winger transform into the striker. We've seen like the Salas. We've seen like the Messi coming inside as well, etc. Ronaldo coming inside as well. At the moment, if you look at the Premier League's top scorers. Erling Haaland, mm-hmm. big man. I know he's a good runner as well, but predominantly his physicality is insane. Mm-hmm. Harry Kane, proper number nine, old school classic number nine, does everything you need. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Alexander Mitrovic, big brute, mm-hmm. proper number nine. Ivan Tony, big brute, proper number nine. Like mm-hmm. the, I think I think it's coming back. It's coming full circle back in the old day where you have a focal point up front, someone you can rely on, someone who cannot only score goals. But offer link up, offer physicality, and just bully the bully his way into finding a goal. Because Mitrovic, the way he plays, is not the way other teams' number nines operate right now. This this is something of the nineteen nineties where you had massive players up front, just like the Duncan Ferguson's, just doing a job up front for you. So. Yeah, I think right now, currently in football, the, the return of the big number nines is doing his thing. Because even Oshiman bagged the hat-trick at the weekend and we know what he's like, so... Yeah, 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. Yeah, I also found it interesting because, you know, you know, you know, all the, like, talk about strikers now, Forrest now, just these big bricks. I thought it was interesting to look at. But yeah, that's a quick segue. We're going to get back on track with our next game which was Man City versus Leicester. A 1-0 win. Mm. I was able to catch the game, but Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne scored. Were you able to watch the game, Mika? Uh I did watch the game, actually. And Leicester, first half, disgraceful football. Ten, <laughs> ten, ten men behind the ball. It was like they were almost scared that City were going to batter them, but City just couldn't take their chances. Obviously, you know, City, more possession, more chances created, all that blast, but City just couldn't find the back of the net. And to be honest, I was praying for a draw. Obviously, as an Arsenal fan, we need City to drop points. And it was looking likely in the first half because Leicester were pre- they were actually defending pretty well. And without Haaland, City didn't look like... They didn't look like the penetrative force that they usually do. You know what I mean? But in the second half... Leicester, after after City scored, it was a free kick, by the way, further proven that City couldn't break Leicester's defence down. They had to take a De Bruyne wonder strike, by the way. Like, let me repeat, it was a wonder strike. Off the post and in, Danny Ward had no chance in saving it. It took, it took City to score a goal for Leicester to start pushing forward. And when Leicester started pushing forward, they looked dangerous. And there were murmurs after the game that Pep was speaking to Madison. And he asked Madison, why didn't you play, like the second half, the whole game type thing. And yeah, I completely agree because Leicester, although they had a really, really bad start to the season, Madison's looking lively, Ward much improved, Tielemans almost scored an absolute screamer, uh, and Barnes runs the channels re- really well, as he, as he always does. So I, I think, like I think 
all this Leicester talk of Leicester getting relegated, I think it's a bit premature because their squad is way too good to go down. Tielemans, any top six side would take him. Madison, any top six side would take him. Barnes could definitely do a job. Castagna could do a job. And yeah, I think Leicester are on the come up while City didn't look the greatest without Haaland. That's true, that's true, that's true. Well, you know, City's big issue, you know, even though they still manage to pump the league every single season, was the lack of a number nine, right? And do you think that game was like very evident of that? Because City have been accused of trying to play perfect football, so they'll get into the box and they make 15 passes before they put the ball in the back of the net. Or like Haaland, who wants one touch, one finish. Mm. So like, without Haaland, are you seeing City revert to the old ways? Um, yes. And no, because City, they still looked like they were going to score, but it wasn't like other games where you're guaranteed like, okay, this is going to end 4-5-0. No. They were creating chances, but they were almost like half chances. But a half chance, the difference this season and last season, a half chance to Haaland is a full chance. But a, a half chance to a normal player is a full chance to Haaland. And his finishing ability has just, has made almost made City look better than they actually are this season, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because I think their underlying numbers are still the same. They're creating a similar amount of chances. They have a similar amount of shots from this season compared to last season. But it's just Haaland's finishing ability is what has elevated them to the next level. I don't know. See a very interesting prospect right now. And the only team as of now yet that seem to pose Arsenal any threat. And none talk like Arsenal confirmed to win the league. And it's not City you know, to have a larger depth, to have better players, but at the moment, the only side who look to be challenging. Do you think that Pep's pursuit for that Champions League could mean him being lackluster in the Prem? No, no, no. There's, there's no way. His squad is too good. You can replace the whole midfield three with a whole new midfield three and they'll work excellently. Julian Alvarez came in. Uh, I know he didn't finish uh, some chances that he had, but he did win the most duels. He's a very active player. I know Mares doesn't start every game. He's itching to get on. Foden, this season's the only season that we've really seen him become uh, a starter in this team. And even in the back line, Akanji's come in. They've still got Diaz and Stones. They've got Walker still there. They've got Cancelo. They've got so many. Their the, the, the strength and depth is ridiculous. They even brought in Sergio Gomez, a, a Cancelo replacement type thing as well. So I think City could put out two different teams in two different competitions. And I generally think they will get to the latter stages no matter, before they have to fill out their proper team. But obviously for tactical reasons and for reasons why you want to execute a game plan, etc. I've seen them play like majority of their first team in the Champions League, but I do not think it'll have an effect on them in the Premier League. They're fit players. They play under Pep, their regime, their diet. They're, they're athletes in the modern day, to be honest. And I think, I think they've got what it takes. And I think this season, controversial, I think this is the year that City do it, man. I know Definitely we say, I say this every year, but I think Definitely this might not. be the year. I think this might be. If it's not the year, Questions will be asked of Pep. Definitely, it's it's mess, mess, it's messy. I'm looking at this PSG side. I'm just thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, this nah, is no, no, no. Side, I'm talking. A side, side take. I know, I know, I know. Oh, side take. Let's hear it. Side take. I watched PSG versus Troyes. Is that is that how you pronounce it? At the weekend, as good as Messi looked. The PSG defense is is lackluster, man. Hey, 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 hey. You know 
what they say. A good, a good, a good defense is a good offense. Yeah. As long as long as that as long as long as that offense is firing, I think we're good. No, PSG's defense has been trash the last three four years. I won't yeah, count to you. It's been Kimpep, Kimpep, Oh God! Ah, I <laughs> this guy Kimpep just gets me vexed, man. Just look at his face, bro. How how can you, I, if I'm a forward, I would never take you seriously as a human being. Yeah, right. he's not. He's not. He's not one of those centre backs where you look at and you're like, oh my God, I'm scared. No, this guy, this guy, this guy, Balogun's gonna have him for lunch in the season. Are you nuts? <laughs> also, yeah. uh, since the start of the 17-18 season, De Bruyne yeah. has scored the most outside the box goals in the Premier League. And guess how many outside the box goals he scored in that time? Fifteen. Nineteen, bro. It's insane. That's not. It's that's insane. Is he? Uh, so, the, so, so she keeps the playground start screaming De Bruyne. And stuff, I think. I'm not saying it's Sarah Gerrard, but I think it's time for people to recognize. So up, update, 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 update. I think I think it's time for people to recognize his uh, his, what's the word? His status it, in the Premier League, his like, greatness, oh, do, his greatness. Do this, do this, do this, since we're still in Man City, can we have like a little side discussion? Have a bit of time. De Bruyne, how do you think he'll be remembered? And this is, I'm going to give you this, yeah. How many Premier Leagues does De Bruyne have right now? Uh, that is a good question. Hold on, let me Google it. So, I think, I so think it might be five. Okay, so we're going to research that. And this is this is my question to you, the audience as well. Let us know. Comment on Instagram. Comment on TikTok. Message us. We'll answer, right? How do you think Kevin De Bruyne will be remembered in the Prem if he doesn't win a Champions League? But let's say he wins two more Prems. How do you think he'll be remembered, right? Because as, as, as diverse as the Premier League is, yeah? English bias will forever be a thing. Will mm. forever be a thing. Gabriel um, Martinelli will never receive the same coverage coverage as full folders with Kai Saka. Same thing with players like I should I should think of other um Damn. I can't even think of I should think of any other young rising player, any any other like players won't receive the same coverage as them. Frank Lampard Gerard Scholes, these men are now are considered to be the best ever midfielders the parents ever had. I'm gonna say that list, that list is eh. I, I, like they're all good players, yeah. But I'm like, where's Vieira? Where's yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Where's Vieira? Yeah. Where's where's your two? Even David I, Silva's better than. I'll say better this, than two of the three. This is what I'm saying. It's it's school. It's school's better than. Lampard, sorry, it's the brother better Lampard and Skulls you can. I would, I don't see why not. I literally do not see why not. What he's, what he's done since he's arrived in England is crazy. I know he was here before Pep. I know he had Pellegrini when they had the white collar city, etc, etc. But Pep has taken him to whole new heights. Four Premier Leagues, five League Cups, an FA Cup on the way. What can he not do? Left foot, right foot, shooting, Passing, Quick. defending, dribbling. This is this is an all-timer midfielder, and I think it's time for us to put the English bias away and put the trophy logic away as well. I know trophy logic doesn't apply to De Bruyne in the case of the Premier League, but continental, international, it does apply because this is supposed to be Belgium's golden generation. It's supposed to be City's time to win the Champions League, and unfortunately, he's fallen short multiple times. But there's a difference between performing consistently for a, I think performing what I'm trying to say is performing consistently over a long period of time can outweigh 
some of the some of the mishaps you might have had in your career. For instance, how Harry Kane is going to be remembered is going to be a disgrace to football. Just because he's played for Tottenham Hotspur, just because he does not have that elusive Premier League title. It only took Alan Shearer one Premier League title before people started saying, okay, now we can start mentioning him with the likes of Thierry Henrys, with the likes of Ruud van Nistelrooy. If it only takes one Premier League title, if it only takes one Champions League for De Bruyne, uh, no, he's, no, alre- he's already at that level, in my opinion. And, no, I don't, and I don't see the logic in that. I don't understand. You're even correct because even then, I don't feel like Alan Shearer even gets respected like that because afterwards he's going to play for Newcastle. He weren't he ter- terrible at that time, right? But like they didn't, they didn't go on to achieve anything great or brilliant. Uh, so the question, so, so the question is, Uka, I mean, you've kind of asked it. Do you think he'll be remembered favorably in the eyes of Premier League fans? Okay, I think back in the day, no. But currently, I feel like. I know football. I know. I know football. Twitter is a very cliche place, but I think uh, we've got a lot more open-minded people going into the world of work now. A lot of open-minded people applying their uh, knowledge on Twitter, on podcasts, on news articles, etc. And I think we've kind of let go. I'm not not necessarily let go of English bias or like Premier League bias, etc. But I think mm-hmm. people are now. People are not numb to the fact that you have to be English to be considered one of the best that's ever played. You you have you, you have to have played for Man United. You have to have you have to have done this. You have to have done that. I think people can now open their eyes and see and appreciate what a player's done without trophies or without the elusive thing that they've missed in their career. I.e., Messi in the World Cup. I.e., Ronaldo in the World Cup. I.e., players only playing in one league type thing. So I think if I was to rank them, I think. In my humble opinion, I don't see why De Bruyne is not number one. I know he hasn't won a Champions League, but it doesn't matter. I, I generally don't think it matters. True, true. Do you see? This is how you know something this world well, knows, yeah? De Bruyne is better than Gerrard. Let's be honest. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It has let's to be, be said. Let's be, and I rank Gerrard so highly. Let's be honest with you. I think the only thing I can give Gerrard over De Bruyne is his defensive attributes. But that boy slipped. Another thing about De Bruyne, that energy doesn't stop. Leicester had a corner Dude. in the 92nd minute. I don't know if you've seen the clip, he's been doing the rounds. De Bruyne defending the corner, headed it out, received a 1-2 on the edge of his box from Foden and ran from the edge of his D all the way, down, just down the right-hand side. I know we regard him as some technical, amazing technician. This guy's got pace and power. The way oh, the way this guy quick, sprinted down the wing was crazy. I was like, "Am I watching Usain Bolt right now?" And the delicious cross to Gundogan, any slight touch, and it's a goal. The delicious ball to Gundogan—that sums up De Bruyne for me. The PMP and the technical ability—he's got the best of both worlds. What is there not to love? What is there not to love? Some players only had one side. Some players had a bit of both, a bit of this. But De Bruyne has both of them to the full package, to the utmost. He's just an utter specimen. He's a demon. And the fact that he just looks like a regular guy, talks like a regular guy, let me talk, he's got a dad bod, like, he, I, I don't understand in this, I don't understand this, this he's a freak of nature, he's a freak of he's, nature. He, 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 he's a freak of nature, and do it, oh, oh, do it, that's another conversation, I was going to say, is he's, Bel- is he's Belgium's greatest ever player, but there's a, there's, there's, there's a, there's another man with a, with a, with a, with a with a boon that look like Megan Thee Stallion, <laughs> that has that has that has something to say about that. 
Mm. We'll get, we'll get, we'll yeah, get, that's that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, we'll get, that's a conversation for another day, right? But do it yeah, We spoke about scene long enough, right? Very inter- interesting uh, conversation we had there. We're going to move on to our final game because nobody cares about Tottenham. They are absolute trash, right? We're going to talk about Man United West Ham. You know, when this game was on, I was hoping to myself, David Boyes, your old club, let's get some revenge. You know, they embarrassed you, but you failed. You failed. And um, Marcus Midford uh, got, uh, got, uh, got a goal. You know, he... he you know, he, I, I know he really, really, really wanted to knuckle ball that head. <laughs> you know, he, he had to, he, he, he had to set up, he had to set up a, a nice, a nice wee, a nice wee dunk. But yeah, that game, that game annoyed me. Ten Hag, it's just Ten Hag size playing better. But I'm just like, I just hate United. Like, it's, it, like, I can't, I can't not hate these guys. Marcus Rashford can feed a million children. I would still hate that, I also hate that man and that club today. But yeah, interesting game. Um, I'm sorry, I had to run. I'm going to let Ruka chat about my life a bit because yeah, I chose the game. What did you think of the game? Um, um, I thought another terrific victory for Eric Ten Hag's Manchester United. And awesome. you know, I think earlier in the episode you were like, okay, we need to give Potter time. Ten Hag, it hasn't taken him any time. He looked at the squad, said, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, I'm getting a replacement, I'm getting a replacement. Mm. Anthony, yes, you could argue how good he has he been. He has contributed in terms of GA, and he does look exciting, but he's not the final product yet. Obviously, very left, left-footed. left I've never seen him go on the outside. He's very predictable, cutting inside. But when it works, it works. Casemiro, I know it was a lot of money, 70 mil, but how long have we crying? How long have we been crying? Not even as uh, United fans, but just the general world were saying we cannot see McTominay and Fred start another start another game for Manchester United as a pivot. And uh, and having a presence like Casemiro doesn't even you don't even need to play him in a double pivot. He's a single he's a single man midfield. He him himself has transformed Manchester United. He's allowed Bruno to get more forward because we hate Bruno deep positions. We know hero ball Bruno. Like, it doesn't exist anymore because Casemiro is there holding it down. He doesn't need to look for the long over-the-top ball. He, Bruno can actually progress the ball with touches forward instead of just hitting it long. Same with Eriksen as well. Having Casemiro in there allows Eriksen to push forward. And that delicious cross to Marcus Rashford was insane. I know people want to go about on about the header, but Eriksen receiving it on the right-hand side from a corner and just twisting and then delivering the ball in, that is Tottenham Eriksen right there. The delivery was insane. And yes, moving on to Marcus Rashford, the towering header. A certain CR7 on the pitch would be proud of that. He would be absolutely proud of that. I don't know where he unlocked his heading bag from because two minutes earlier before that header... Yeah, he um, put he put another one in. Yeah, yeah, he, put, yeah. He, he put another crazy uh, another crazy leap in, but he must be he must be fighting for his World Cup place, man, because he's been seeing oh, the likes of Foden going crazy and Saka going crazy. So Marcus Rashford he's stepping up big time this season for Manchester United, and he had an amazing game. He had an amazing game. Five shots, four ball recoveries, two duels, two fouls, one one goal, sixteen final third passes. This is this is an active Marcus Rashford. What we like to see, and I do prefer him out on the left hand side. I'm not gonna lie to you. They're not front up front. It's okay when you're playing the counter-attack in football that you played against Arsenal, that they played against Liverpool. But again, but in games where you're going to have the ball, I pre- I prefer Marcus Rashford out on the left because he does he does um, 
cut inside very well. He does press from the front very well as well. So, and CR7, I know people want to say, oh, uh, he threw his toys out the pram. He disrespected the manager. But let's not lie. He had a decent game. He had a decent game. It takes a lot of balls for Ted Hag to bring it back. Me, personally, I don't agree with it as a manager. If a player disrespects you like that, you, you just get rid like Arteta did to Aubameyang and Ozil, etc. Gwendozi, etc. But Ted Hag, he's shown faith and he's reaping the rewards because Ronaldo didn't have a bad game. He linked play with Rashford really well, but I don't really see him uh, doing a lot of things with Anthony. But I think time, time will tell with Man United and I do think they will uh, get top four. And congratulations, Rashford on his 100th Premier League goal. Yeah, I mean... I, I mean, 100th goal for Man United, not Premier League goal. I, Jesus I Christ. Really do not, I really don't care. I really <laughs> don't care. Rashford, you're just your mid. But um, one, one thing I'm going to say is you can touch on the game beautifully, right? But one thing he missed out was is this this sort of Harry Maguire's redemption arc? Like? Uh, no, no. Okay, okay. You want to, to elaborate there, bud? I do want to elaborate. In the first, I think it was five minutes... He got caught lacking on the halfway line. I forgot someone spun him and played a ball in behind. And whoever West Ham striker was, I cannot remember for the life. I think it was Skamaka. Uh, Skamaka was left 1v1 with Martinez because Harry Maguire pushed up a bit too far. I know he I know he wants to... Maybe he's a bit... Uh, he wants to, show, wants to prove to the fans he wants to play. He wants to win the ball really quickly. But on the halfway line, you need to sometimes take a step back because you are a slow centre-back. And... Quite frankly, you're not going to catch up. Even to a slow striker, you're slower than them. So, um, And he made another dire mistake. I think it was on the right-hand side in the first half again. Um, I think he went again, touched tight, and Ben Rabba managed to like roulette and like uh, drive, drive at him, uh, drive towards the box type thing. But second half, much improved, much more solid. I think Martinez has been brilliant as well in that back line. And Luke Shaw, as much as we like to get on to him, I think he... He helps secure the back line as well because we haven't seen Malassia in a while and that's testament to Shaw uh, coming back. But is this Maguire's redemption arc? No, but he has improved slightly from when people clowned him. But I do think the clowning on Maguire was a bit overplayed in general to start with anyways. But when Varane comes back, uh, Maguire's out the team again, bro. Okay, well, do this, yeah. Maguire being in my nice team, not being in my nice team, doesn't seem to expect his World Cup place. Um, Gareth Southgate loves him. So, yeah, I think we'll be seeing him in Qatar. But these have been all the main games. We can't stand up more for you this week. I'm going to assume it's Nelson. For me, it's Reece Nelson. I'm not sure about you. Standout star this week. Um, standout, no, standout moment, sorry. Oh, standout moment. Oh, yeah, Reece Nelson. That's crazy. For a man that we loaned out to Firenord, a man that we loaned out to Hoffenheim, just to come back and do that is crazy. Because this guy, this guy was friends with Sancho back in the day. Let's not let's he not forget it. that they have a video together saying like oh, we out here. I don't even know yeah. what they were saying, but it, it was weird, yeah. It was weird. <laughs> but yeah, that's a crazy moment, man. Big up Reese Nelson. That, that's you know that's mine as well. Um, actually, um, yeah, and um, yeah, a quick a quick one, right? Like, yeah, it's a football podcast, but you know, today we had we heard the sad news that um, takeoff from the Migos here had unfortunately died. Uh, incident in Atlanta, and uh, you know, life short, you know, life short, ladies and gentlemen, you know, and we hope all the PPH viewers and everybody else, you know, is staying safe out there. You know, he was a talented artist, and, you know, he woke up that day thinking everything's going to be fine, and you know, yeah, you know, it happens, it happens, it happens, you know. I know, I know that was, you know, it was about football, but you know, well, we had to shout him out, that's the culture, man. 
Yeah, that's the culture. Yeah, like you know, like all of us here, like all of us here, you know, like like culture too, culture free. We've li we've listened to these albums. We've grown up on these albums. Yeah, so like it's 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 a shame. It's a shame. But rest in peace, take off. Rest in rest peace. Rest in peace, man. man. Rest in peace, man. Look, anyway, I've been able to live in. It's been a piece of power hour. I've been joined with. It's been Samuel Uka, aka the man who knows the most about, aka the goat. AKA the goal. I'm gonna give him goat status for today, man. <laughs> he did a great job in analysis since I was barely able to watch any of the game, so I'm very happy with that. Um shout Nailin, shout out to the TikTok. Please follow TikTok is Space of Power Hour. Follow Twitter is Space of Power Hour. Follow Instagram is Space of Power Hour. On Apple Music, follow us. Give us five stars. Yes, Please. that's that's one thing, guys. If you're listening to a podcast every week and not giving us five stars, just stop. Just stop. Just stop yeah, listening. True. You don't stop want, listening. You don't we want, need the promo. We need the promo. We need the promo because real, realistically, yeah. Do you do you want me to be your accountant? You will <laughs> lose all your money. You will lose all your money. So tee up, man. God damn. God damn. Right. Okay. Thank you, guys. I'll catch you later. I know where See you, guys. See you. Bye.